Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up here in just a few minutes, going to be joined by Brendan Drzezinski from WIBW in Topeka. He is uh, set to join us to uh, talk uh, less miles, also about the Chiefs situation, uh, that big game they had on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, wow, what a game that was. We'll break that down with uh, Brendan coming up in uh, just a little bit. And also get the insights on Raisin Cane's and uh, all those great fast food places that Brendan just constantly consumes. He'll tell us all about that coming up in uh, just a few minutes from right now. Also going to be joined by Steve Braun as uh, he is going to give us an exclusive breakdown of Whataburger Restaurant's around the state of Oklahoma, a uh, breakdown of each one and uh, power rank them with uh, his official rankings and uh, his very scientific scoring system. So we'll hear from Steve coming up in a little while from right now as well. So a lot of food, and fittingly so, with a Thanksgiving here this uh, Thursday. And uh, so uh, what better way to uh, bring up Thanksgiving than to talk uh, the most Thanksgiving food of all, that being fast food. So we'll break that down uh, coming up throughout today's show today. So uh, glad to have you with us here. Uh, here on the Jones Report today. So to give you a quick summary of uh, what my week has been like, it has been a crazy uh, few days, to say the least. Uh, Friday, I left to uh, go down to uh, Norman to go cover the KUOU football game. And uh, I heard the uh, KU basketball game on the radio as I was driving. And uh, I got down to Edmond. Very first thing I did, stop at a Whataburger, you know, eat there and everything. And did my radio show that Saturday morning and all that, covered the KU-OU game, which was exciting in its own right, much more than most of us, any of us, anticipated uh, with uh, the Sooners winning 55-40. to KU's offense had the best offensive performance they've had when you factor in the opponent in the David Beatty era ever. Um, was not expecting that to be the case uh, come uh, Saturday, but it was fun to see. And uh, we heard throughout the day Saturday that, hey, expect some news on Les Miles to officially be the next head coach at KU come Sunday. And the news actually broke the uh, first story from a Sports Illustrated when I was actually on the way down. Uh, so I was constantly checking my phone as I was driving. I know not the healthiest thing to do by any means, but I, I was. And so it was a wild few hours. And uh, so then... I uh, decide to go to uh, visit my parents in a Broken Arrow just outside of Tulsa. So I arrived there about 2.30 in the morning on, uh, on Sunday after the OU game, after the OUKU game. And I, I show up there, folks, and, you know, sleep and whatnot and get up and, and uh, eat breakfast. And I see a report from uh, Dennis Dodd that uh, – that the announcement is going to come later that afternoon with a formal press conference. A plane had already landed around 10 o'clock with Les Miles and his family on a plane from Raleigh and such. And so uh, at that point, it's interesting. Okay, this is for real. Uh, so then I told my parents, I said, hey, look, I'm coming back home for Thanksgiving in a couple of days. I got to leave right now. I cannot miss this press conference. And uh, I'm glad I, I went because, uh, wow, was that something uh, that Les Miles is now taking over this program. It's almost like you have to pinch yourself like this is actually happening. Uh, I can't believe it that we're already to this point that, you know, hey, Les Miles is about to be 
the uh, next head coach at KU officially, you know, once David Beatty is gone at the end of the week, it's like, you know, this is Les Miles. This guy at one point in time was on top of the college football world. You know, they won a national championship back in 2007, and, you know, it, it looked like, you know, he was the guy that, you know, even OU fans were somewhat jealous of Les Miles for a bit there of what he was doing there at LSU. And Nick Saban came along, of course, and kind of, you know, ended that. Essentially, Les Miles isn't the coach at LSU right now because he couldn't beat Alabama, which really nobody could beat Alabama as far as that goes. Um, but it, it's crazy that of all schools, Kansas lands Les Miles. It's just, it's mind-boggling that the Jayhawks were able to pull off this hire. You know, and you can have your doubts about Les Miles. I get that. And that's, it, it's fair to have those doubts about Les Miles. Totally understandable. But just the fact that this program, with being the worst program in the FBS, you know, the F, I'd say the FBS, at least the Power Five anyway, for the last, you know, you know decade, that they could pull off less miles to come to KU is just astounding. And the only reason this happened is because of one man, and that man is Jeff Long. Jeff Long is the reason why KU was able to bring in less miles. If Jeff's not there, Les Miles isn't coming to Kansas. And you know, Je- Jeff did a great job to be able to pull this off. And Jeff Long has always had an ability to attract big names. And you wonder, okay, when he took that Kansas job, well, what kind of name can he attract to Kansas then? If he was able to get Bobby Petrino and Brett Bielema to come to Arkansas, who can he bring to Kansas? And he pulled out the most qualified coach out there the most experienced, the most accomplished coach he could find in Les Miles to be the next head coach at KU. Now, obviously, there's some big questions that come with Les Miles. One is, you know, age. He's 65 years old. Um, You know, how long can Les Miles go and how much energy can he possess? Because this is still a rebuilding job. Although David Beatty is leaving this program in much better hands than he found it, there is a lot of work to be done at Kansas to be competitive again. Uh, even at the level they want to reach. Jeff Long is just asking this program, you know, average, you know, six wins and go to bowl games regularly. Even to get to that point is still a a work in progress, still going to take a long ways to go. So you wonder if Jeff, if uh, Les Miles has the stamina to get to that point. It's it's a fair question to ask. And, And then the offense. Ultimately, what led to Les Miles ousting, you know, why they could not beat Bama, uh, a big part was that offense. You know, he was let go because he could have beat Nick Saban, and his offenses weren't that good towards the end there. He had some talented players come in, you know, through there, Leonard Fournette, Odell Beckham, uh, you know, a number of players, but no one to get those guys to the football. And it cost them some games down the stretch with that I-formation, you know, archaic offense that Les Miles ran. And the indication we got from the press conference earlier this week when he was introduced was, you know, hey, he's got some new ideas. But ultimately, this is going to come down to coordinators. To me, the most fascinating thing about this hiring is going to be who Les Miles brings in to make this whole thing work. Because um, Les Miles, you're going to get a motivator. You are going to get a leader. You're going to get a smart football mind. Those things that you look for in a CEO, in a football coach, and a guy that can recruit, Les Miles will be able to do those things. Now, he won't be able to recruit like he did at LSU, per se, but Les Miles will be able to attract big names to come to KU that wouldn't be able to come otherwise. 
that wouldn't even consider it. But because Les Miles is there, then they would consider the University of Kansas. So that in itself, that checks off all the boxes. To me, when I look at these coordinators, if you pull in a guy like Hugh Free or somewhere along those lines there, um, you know, you, you got to keep Tony whole. Um, I wonder if Clint Bowen's going to stay around. Maybe he stays in some type of co-defensive coordinator role with somebody. Um, but the big thing, here's where the confidence, where you should be confident if you're a Kansas fan, in Les Miles' ability to uh, make this job work and to hire the right staff, is that Les Miles' contract calls for him to make $2.75 million. That's not much at all for a national championship winning head coach. Um, you think about Les Miles and what all this guy's accomplished, just the money he was receiving from LSU alone, $5 million in buyout money. And he's come to Kansas at a bargain. This is a steal for KU to get Les Miles, not only just to have him, but to get him as cheap as he did. It's a sign there's money to spend on assistant coaches. And Les Miles made that a concern of his, that, hey, you know, we want to do this right, that they want to get the right guys in to work with him. And so I'll say this, um, that's all those signs point to that, hey, Les Miles is energized, that he knows he needs to change some things, um, but also that he's willing to go out there and uh, you know get quality assistant coaches and coordinators because that's where games are going to be won and lost is the coordinators you have on staff. So to me, that's huge. I think this Les Miles, pro, this Les Miles hiring is a, is a big deal. It's, uh, you know, already eyes are on Kansas that weren't on KU before all this. The attention on this university is bigger than it's been in a very long time. Uh, this, is, this is a huge deal for Kansas to bring in Les Miles. And you know, he's fully embracing it, too. I think one of the problems you had with Charlie Weiss, and people were being so lazy in bringing up the Charlie Weiss comparison. Um, let me tell you this. From what I've seen in three days of Les Miles at KU, he's already embraced this program, embraced this university, embraced this conference better than Charlie Weiss ever did. Making the trips around town, the Hawk Talk show with the packed house and the crowd that was there with all that he's done already in just a short amount of time. There's excitement, and there's a drive there that was never there with Charlie Weiss. It is silly, and it is lazy to compare this to a Charlie Weiss hire. Now, I say all this to say that while I think that the Les Mile hire is the right hire, that having Les around appears to be the right way to go, that he was the uh, most qualified candidate out there. This is not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing that this is going to work 110%. And it's not a sure thing 110% that he's going to fail either. You know, what, one of the things that, that happened with Jeff Long and some of the hirings, those big-time hirings he made at Arkansas, was that although they were big-time names and they had some big success in their careers, they weren't necessarily the right fit for those universities, for what they needed and what they needed to bring to the table. Uh, you saw with, uh, you know, Brett Bielema was a very quality coach, but he wasn't the right fit, you know, his style of play for what Arkansas needed, what they were capable of winning with. You saw with Bobby Petrino that, yes, he was a terrific football mind, a brilliant coach, 
able to attract a lot of players. But his past transgressions, you know, held him back. Uh, what he, you know, the motorcycle incident and all that stuff that held, you know, Bobby Petrino back. And you couldn't go forward with that as uh, that got in the way of that program. With Les Miles, I think that, you know, all signs point to that this is going to work. But remember that just because you have a great coach doesn't mean that they're going to fit that situation to turn things around here. It's ultimately up to Les Miles to get the recruits, to get the players, to find the coordinators, to make this all work, to compete in a conference that's not going to be easy to compete in. The thing I keep turning back to when I look at this Les Miles hiring, though, the thing that convinces me that this is going to work, even with the question marks that some may have out there of, you know, the age thing, the offense thing, uh, all that, um, even the fit possibly, the thing I keep going back to is go back in the hot tub time machine and look what Les Miles did uh, when he was at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State wasn't as bad a shape as KU's in now, but it wasn't good. OSU had gone a decade without a winning season. They weren't beating Oklahoma. They weren't beating Kansas in those days in the Big 12. They were struggling at times uh, when Les Miles showed up. And although they only won four games that first year, he was able to walk in and knock off the number two team in Oklahoma in what was, you know, arguably the biggest upset in Big 12 history when they were able to basically take OU out of uh, the national championship game, which the Sooners were headed to, and ultimately ended up settling for the Cotton Bowl that year. Could have been back-to-back national titles for the Sooners if Les Miles didn't get in the way and, uh, and bring that thing up. And the thing, too, with Les Miles, with that Oklahoma State job, you know, he had X's and O's guys. Mike Gundy was a terrific offensive coach, still is to this day. Les Miles was a motivator. He got the most out of his players. They were so proud to play for him. He was able to bring in talent that no one thought would ever show up to Stillwater, Oklahoma. The best player there under him was probably Rashawn Woods, who went on to play in the National Football League, went on to be a first-round pick. Josh Fields was his quarterback and ended up having a very good baseball career, a very good athlete. Uh, you know, some of those guys over the years that um, you would have never thought about were going to be the guys that led OSU to their turnaround, but ultimately they laid the foundation for what Oklahoma State is today. And that goes back to what Les Miles did at Oklahoma State. The thing that stands out when you look at Les Miles' career, obviously, is the national championship and all those years of success there at LSU. But KU fans, look deeply at the Oklahoma State years. Those four years. And that's the other thing, too. We keep talking about how much this is going to take time for Les Miles to turn this thing around. Les Miles had Oklahoma State in a bowl game by his second year, and ultimately ended up with a winning record at Oklahoma State and ended up you know, turning them into a 10-win program with what he was able to do in just four years' time. It was incredible. And he put the fear in Oklahoma with what he was able to do. No one was happier that Les Miles left Oklahoma State than Bob Stoops. No one was. Uh, I can tell you that firsthand that no one was happier than Bob Stoops when Les Miles left town. 
because they were a real threat to the Sooners with what he was able to turn around. I'm not saying that Les Miles is going to have the success that he had at Oklahoma State at the University of Kansas, but what I will say is that Les Miles has shown that he can walk into a circumstance similar to this before, walk in with nothing, and turn it into something. And by golly, he turned Oklahoma State certainly into something and something big. And uh, KU fans, you ought to get excited uh, about this. This is a huge time. Um, This is a big opportunity ahead for, for KU. And all signs would point to, I think, that the good far outweighs the bad. I don't know how you could see this as a bad hire. Um, But ultimately, if this does not work, I do not blame Jeff Long and KU for trying. Listen, if for whatever reason, if this doesn't, um, because like I said, it's not a sure thing, but if it doesn't work, um, if KU, if this is just too big of a job for for Les Miles to handle at this point, if it is, then go hire the triple option coach. Um, you know, you, you can't say no to an opportunity like this. I know a lot of people were wanting KU to hire a triple option coach and to go that route, and certainly that could have been done. But this opportunity that KU has, a golden opportunity to hire a national championship winning coach, they could not pass on. And this bring something, an opportunity that KU has never been able to do before in hiring a guy to the caliber of Les Miles. Um, Now, the scholarship thing. The scholarship thing, he's got his work cut out for him. They are still uh, facing the punishment and trying to recover from the damage that Charlie Weiss did to this program when it comes to scholarships. All these years later, still trying to recover from that. Les Miles has said, hey, They're a recruiting class or two away from getting to where they need to be, to being competitive. And you hope that you can keep Puka and some of these other guys around. But I'll tell you this, for those that are concerned about the Louisiana guys staying around, think about this. All these Louisiana guys, the Mike Lees, the Puka Williams, all those guys, you know, that are on this KU squad, who'd they grow up watching? LSU. Who was the head coach of those teams? Les Miles. Who was the most popular man in that state? Les Miles. This is the guy they grew up loving and knowing and seeing what he did with that LSU program, winning championships all the time. I think this, as long as Les Miles is there at at Kansas, the Louisiana pipeline is going to continue to keep on going. It's going to get bigger and bigger, and these guys will want to stay. So, um, yeah, you, you lose David Beatty. Oh, well. You know what? David left the program in bigger hands than he found it. Uh, better hands for sure. But he was not going to be the guy to take this program the next step. Uh, less, you know, David Beatty, very good guy. But um, I think I could manage timeouts better than he could. And I'm not a coach. Um, that, that tells you a lot there about David Beatty. And so Les Miles taking over these Louisiana guys. I think he has the ability to keep them, and it's going to grow because of who he is, the name he is, and the recognition he brings to KU that no one else was going to be able to do so. And that says a lot right there where he's taking this program. So I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. I'll say this. One more thing on this with Les Miles is that no matter what happens, if Les fails, if it does not work out with Les Miles, 
I can guarantee you one thing. This is going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun to watch. I am honored to have the pleasure of covering this team and seeing it firsthand how this is all going to unfold. Because no matter what, it is going to be an entertaining tenure uh, that Les Miles is going to have at Kansas, whether it's through the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. The Mad Hatter uh, has already made things exciting in Lawrence, and I don't expect that to let up. Uh, he is a unique guy. He's very quirky, kind of odd, um, but don't let that fool you. This guy knows what he's doing. He's a very smart football not mind, and he was the, the most qualified hire that KU could have made, and it's worth a shot. And I got to tell you, it's exciting. It's a great day to be a Kansas Jayhawk, and there's reason to be excited for all that's going on there. Uh, coming up next, uh, Brendan Grzynski set to join us uh, from WIBW Radio in Topeka. Got a great chat with him. Also, Steve Braun is here. We will break down Whataburger restaurants in depth with the uh, scientific scoring system that Steve has put together. And then uh, coming up later in the show, going to talk some Chiefs, those uh, Chiefs-Rams uh, matchup. What a game that was. Uh, I'm still in awe of that, trying to recover emotionally and uh, physically from watching that game. What a night that was. We'll talk about that and also get to our picks as well. All that and more as we continue here on the Jones Report today with uh, Brendan Drzezinski and uh, Steve Braun coming up on the other side, right here on the Jones Report. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome into the program from WIBW Radio in Topeka. It is uh, Brendan Drzezinski who joins us here on the uh, Jones Report today. Brendan, what's going on, man? Uh, we, we, we've seen each other everywhere for, you know, what, three or four years now, and we're just now getting to this. This is long overdue. Welcome in, man. Awesome. Glad to be with you, Tyler. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been forever to sit next to each other all those uh, all those wonderful days at Memorial Stadium in Warren. So it's good to finally be on the show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we have we have seen it all, and uh, hopefully there is uh, uh, brighter times ahead for sure. Um, as I speak to you, Brendan, are you, uh, are you consuming uh, canes at the moment, naturally? You know, not the moment. I'm going to be honest with you. I was going to get it on Sunday, uh, this most recent Sunday, when Les Miles was introduced to KU because uh, celebratory canes is, is my usual go-to. Uh, it was closed. It was closed for a holiday party. So I was a little PO'd, a little bit, but uh, it will be consumed before Thanksgiving. I can guarantee you that much. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I was so pleased that Les Miles is a Raisin Cane's guy. I think that may have been what sealed the deal for him to come to Lawrence. I mean, it's, it's as good a reason as any, honestly. I mean, he's got the pedigree, he's got all of that, but the sponsorship is a big deal. You don't want to be connected to a bad brand. It's why Tom Brady, he's never in commercials because he's always doing, you know, high-class brands. Les Miles is a man of the people because he likes raising canes. It's just a simple fact. It, it was, that's what sold me on the hiring, was nothing to do with X's and O's or anything. I mean, he's a raising canes man. That said enough about the man and his trust level and what he knows about about quality content. I mean, like that that spoke enough right there. Just the raisin canes right there. Absolutely, I'm very much hoping that at some point at the raisin canes in Lawrence, I run into one mile. I'm really hoping that does happen at some point. At the very least, like at least run into the wife or his daughter Smack or just somebody with the Miles family. Somebody from the Miles family has to be there at some point. Yes, absolutely. Now, you and I have gone back and forth about one thing in particular with Canes. I love Canes, too. But I, I think that you have one idea wrong in, in 
how the box combo should be ordered. Go ahead and explain first off. I'll let you explain yourself uh, what a, a typical day in the life is at, uh, at the Raisin Canes. So for me, cruise into the drive-thru, roll up, hear, hear the lovely voice on your side, chicken, 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 which combo are you picking? And it, it's always the same for me, always consistent. Box combo, no slaw, extra toast, one extra sauce, lemonade, light on the ice. It's the go-to every time, and it has never failed me yet. Now, I'm with you with all but one thing. I think that you have a lot of good ideas there. I mean, there's a lot we could work with. But um, I, I disagree on that one thing is, you know, why, why do you need the extra toast and not just extra fries? Like, are you that into carbs, Brendan, that you need those many carbs? You know, I really am a pro-carbs guy. Now, I will say this. It's not a slight against the Cane's fries by any means, because I like the Cane's fries. I'm just well, we can agree that the, the coleslaw is trash. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Yes. Uh, you, you, but when it comes down to the fries or more toast, you, you need that extra toast, you, you, you think. I, I do. And it's, again, not, not a Cane's slight, but... Here's the thing. Like, when I, go, when I go to the Chick-fil-A, for example, I like waffle fries. I never ordered waffle fries. When I go to McDonald's to get my McRib, I don't get fries with it. I'm just not a fry guy. So I'll eat them when they're there. I'm not going to complain about opening up my box combo and seeing a nice smattering of fries in front of me, but I'm never going to go extra. They're always an added bonus as opposed to a necessity for me. So to put it into perspective, it's a situation of it's not you, it's me. Exactly. I something I have heard many times in my life, and I think it applies here as well. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Now that now it makes sense. Now I understand you. I still disagree, but I can uh, I can now sympathize with you, Brendan. Uh, we can we can work this out. Um, one, one day uh, you might see the light. Maybe I'll win you over. Or not I don't know, but um, at least that now it's been explained to me. I can uh, I can understand where you're coming from. It's one of those things where I'm not a picky eater by any means, like fast food or a sit-down meal or whatever. I'm not a picky eater. I just know what I like. Yes. Um, we have made progress today, Brendan. Like, we are uh, bringing civility to the country right now. I agree 100%. This is one of the topics. You know, we live in such a, a black-and-white world, and I think the more we can say, you know what, there are good things out there, even if it's not what you're used to. I, this is important really for all of society. Yes, it is. And uh, anyone that, that disses on Canes or tries comparing it to any of the competition, I don't even want to name the competition, Brendan, because there's nothing like the great flavor of Raisin Canes. That's true. It's 100% true. Also, we haven't mentioned enough yet. I would bathe in cane sauce, if we're being quite honest. I would use it as shampoo or hair gel or body wash. I would do anything with cane sauce. Well, I mean, how, how could you not? You know, that's that's, that's brilliant. Uh, I'm all in. Uh, bathe in the cane sauce and uh, feel so much better about yourself. Uh, Brendan, you, you also have just a fascination with with fast food. When you're not going to Cane's, when you have a day like Sunday where they decide to have some inconvenient holiday party and apparently they don't have enough workers to keep the place going when the holiday party's going on, what's what's the next uh, run of the mill on the, on the fast food list? The next one, it's either two classics here. It's either McDee's or Taco Bell. I love them both. It's like my children. It's like Sophie's Choice, trying to pick between the two of them sometimes. You just can't really do it. Um, and for me, I have the best thing about those two places specifically 
There's just so much. The menus are so expansive. Are they good for me? No. But you know what? Life is short. I might as well enjoy what I eat. There is a, a menu full of things that will make me feel regret later on, but instantly, I like return on investment. In the working world, in my personal life, I always like having instant feedback, and that's what I get when I eat at Taco Bell or McDonald's. So those are always the next two in line. Uh, Wendy's up there as well. I do enjoy a good four for four. The, the $5 deal, the $5 box deals at Taco Bell that they have all the time, I know they change it up, you know, some months it's the Chalupa, some months it's the Gordita, whatever. It's always, like, so much food for $5, Brendan. I, I said this on, on Twitter a while back. It, it feels like you're stealing. It does. No, it, it 100% feels like you're stealing. Like, it's, it's all, I can eat a lot. I have a bottomless pit for a stomach. But sometimes I think, like, wow, I'm getting all this food for, for a five spot. It's amazing. It's I am also, growing up in the Midwest, the not you know necessarily scrounging by, but it was always instilled, be smart with your money. Go for the value. No, you're never too good for free. You're never too good for a coupon. You're never too good for a good deal. And I have taken that on into my adult life, and I'm applying it to fast food. Because if I can get that much food and a drink and all that for five bucks, I'm going to take it as much as I possibly can. Oh, exactly. There are times, if you find the right place with the right deal, that it is cheaper to eat fast food than go grocery shopping. Yeah. I, every time I walk into to my local grocery store and I go up and down the aisles and I try to think, all right, what's my, what's my per meal cost here? I try to keep it down, try to, try to be smart with the money, fall on a budget. But every once in a while I think, okay, well, I could spend you know, $6 a night for meals for the week, or I could just eat a lot of Taco Bell. And frankly, I'm going to side with Taco Bell more often than not. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, uh, Brendan. Uh, let's uh, let's transition. I could we could talk food all day, and and maybe we just might have to have you on exclusively just to talk food. But there was a, a kind of a hiring of some sorts. You know, some guy named Les Miles showed up at KU this week, and he'll be taking over uh, once uh, David Beatty's done on Friday after that Texas game. Brendan, your uh, first thoughts on the initial hire of Les Miles? Uh, huge. Uh, ability by a Jeff Long. We knew that he's able to bring in big names. He did that with uh, Brett Bielema and Bobby Petrino at Arkansas. And, you know, this is another huge name coming in with uh, quite the resume to KU. Let me preface it by saying this. My number one choice, and this has been the case really since the end of year three of David Beatty, before we even knew he was getting a year four, my feeling was always triple option for KU. And the reason being is that Kansas as a state, it doesn't have Texas-like talent, or Florida, or Ohio, or California, or even New Jersey. Some of these states where there's just endless supplies of players, Kansas doesn't have that. Kansas, a lot of the kids that come out of the state of Kansas are the type that go on and have so much success at K-State, for example. The big kids, the farm bodies, the under-recruited players who work well in a system and maybe don't have that elite kind of talent. Now, there are some of them, for sure, but there's just not that much. So to me, I always thought what would work for KU is to say, look, we know we're not going to win a national title in Lawrence, but we can win seven, eight, nine games a year because teams in the Big 12, there's no way they can compete regularly and always defend a triple option scheme. I mean, think just this season, Army took Oklahoma, the best offense in the nation, to overtime and only lost by seven. They only gave 21 points to Oklahoma in regulation. So I thought that sort of thing would be perfect for KU. And I say all that to lead into the fact that Les Miles coming to Kansas is, I think, about as good as you could possibly get at KU. Because while everybody, myself, 
every fan, everyone who covered the team had their own idea about what would work best. It's really hard to argue with the fact that Les Miles has a national championship. I don't care that it was more than a decade ago. This man has a national title. He has been to the top of the mountain. He played for another one just a few years later, the last one in 2011. He won 10 games in seven of the 11 full seasons he was at LSU. He helped turn around an Oklahoma State program that had had 11 of 12 losing seasons before he got there. I, I don't know how any KU fan, honest to God, could not like this hire. This isn't the kind of guy who comes to a complete, total rebuild. I mean, this is the guy who goes from one elite job to another. So for KU... To get him to come to Lawrence, it honestly feels like a steal. And I really don't know how any fan could not be happy about this move. Oh, absolutely. It's huge for KU to pull this off, uh, for sure. Brendan, uh, I'll ask you this, though. No coaching hire is ever perfect, so what concerns do you do have, though, about Les Miles? I think the biggest one has to be the same offensive concerns that lingered his last year at LSU. Now, let's not forget that while – Yes, the offense was outdated, and he was stubborn, and he couldn't find a quarterback his last two years. The biggest reason he was fired at LSU is because he couldn't beat Nick Saban. He had the players and could not beat Nick Saban. And that has cost plenty of guys their jobs in the SEC West. Think of Kevin Sullivan at Texas A&M. He was good for seven to nine wins a year, and he couldn't beat Alabama more than those two times. They kicked him out. They said, nope, we're going to move on, bring in Jimbo Fisher for that astronomical contract. So while I think some of the issues with the offense were a little bit overblown, considering how much success he did have. This is a much different beast when it comes to the offenses and the scoring ability in the Big 12. He is going to have to find a quarterback. He will have to go recruit a legitimate big-armed quarterback. He will have to be committed to moving the ball down the field. Three yards of the cloud of dust doesn't work in the Big 12 in the this part of the 21st century. So he's going to have to adapt because he didn't do that his last two years at LSU. So I think that's the biggest concern Beyond that, though, and it's not even a Les Miles problem, it's just a KU problem, will he be able to get enough recruits to build the scholarship numbers up? Because KU scholarship numbers are a disaster. Can't recommend the piece that Max Olson did in The Athletic a few months ago enough, breaking down the whole situation. He won't be able to recruit Kansas like he did LSU, because LSU is in a, a talent hotbed. Kansas well, it just isn't like that, as we've already been over. So the questions for me, and I think he will be able to get good recruits by KU standards, but will he be able to get enough guys and be able to get the right guys to work in the modern Big 12? Right, right. And, and what I've been cheering more than anything is not even necessarily the less miles higher, but more so who he brings in as his coordinators. That's going to determine what his success is going to be. Um, and, and I'll say this, uh, at this point in time, Brendan, with him only taking $2.75 million, that means there is money to spend on quality coordinators out there that maybe there wouldn't be if he took on more salary. To me, that's a good sign that Les uh, already has an idea of who his staff is going to be and uh, some of the guys he wants. Uh, I mean, I, I hope maybe a guy like Hugh Free or something like that comes in for that offense or something. Uh, to me, I, I feel pretty good that he's going to find the right guys to, uh, to be on his staff and, and, and get the ball rolling. No, that's a great point, and that, that's the first thing I thought of, too, because I thought he was going to get upwards of $4 or more million, to, to be quite honest with you, uh, when it came to the salary. But to get him at about 2.7, 2.8 a year, with a few bonuses thrown in there as well, I mean, that's a steal. Again, for a guy who had a national championship in his career uh, within the last 15 years. So you get that in mind. And you think Hugh Freeze is the name that has been mentioned a lot. I think it's a natural fit, assuming he doesn't bring some of the, the off-field scandals 
that he had that doomed at Ole Miss. But that's a name, you know, Jed Fish was brought up, currently works for the Rams. He's had 100 jobs in the last five years. But people like him as a young offensive mind. He's only 42. He's working with the Rams offense in the NFL. We know how high-powered that is. And he was thought of as maybe a head coaching candidate. Maybe they bring him in as an offensive coordinator. Personally, I think someone who has some experience in the Big 12 in the last 10 or so years may be the best option just because they would know what it takes to win in this conference. And and Hugh Freeze, to his credit, even though he was in the SEC, he had some high-powered offense when he was down there. You know, Bo Wallace or Chad Kelly, good players as well, uh, for various reasons they were able to recruit them, but that's either here or there. Uh, so a guy like Hugh Freeze or someone who had Big 12 experience, I think that's probably your best bet if you're Les Miles looking for your offensive coordinator. I'll say this, uh, with that $2.75 million that he's going to make uh, in the steal that KU's getting, uh, that is like getting Taco Bell boxes for 5 bucks, uh, the, the equivalent, if uh, if we're going to compare the two. What, uh, KU? Hey, hey, I'm all for that comparison. If you want to take it to, to the granular level, you're getting a lot when you're getting less miles. You're getting the pedigree. You're getting the ring. You're getting the recruiting ability. You're getting the connections to coaches and administrators and high school coaches and all of that, and you got them for a bargain. So, no, I'm all for that comparison. Yes, you're getting an established brand with pedigree that's quality, that's at a bargain. Yeah, it's, it's great. That's uh, that's the comparison to make. It's, it's the Taco Bell $5 box, uh, what you're getting with less miles. Brendan, if, if I had to ask you how this is ultimately going to play out with less miles at KU, if you, I know this is, you know, there's a lot to figure out, obviously, with a lot of time to go, but – if I, I said, Brendan, hey, what is going to happen if you think that his tenure is going to go, how long it will be, what uh, the success rate will be, what do you think would be uh, your expectation for how this is all going to work out uh, for Les Miles' tenure there at KU? So I'll start off by saying I think it's six years. I think he will be in Lawrence for six seasons. And the reason why it's a five-year contract at its face value. However, there's a clause built into it that if he gets six wins even once, he gets a one-year automatic rollover. So he'll get one year added automatically. It only happened one time, but that's built in there. So I think he's going to be here six years because I think he's going to win at least six games once in five years. A coach that good with that many connections and the ability to find players and find coaches to work with him, I think it's it's inevitable that he gets the six wins at some point. Now, I will say this, because this is something I heard brought up a lot, and mostly by uh, rival fan bases of KU who naturally would have a microscope on the situation saying, you know, KU fans think they're going to win right away with this. Well, no, I can tell you, honest to God, that I don't know of any KU fans who think KU is going to win in 2019. KU in 2019 is probably going to be really bad. Uh, you know, you're playing Indiana State to open the season and play host Coastal Carolina. You might win those games, but other than that, it's going to be pretty bleak. But beyond that, you get more bodies in, you got your another year with your coaching staff, I think it's not unreasonable to say you could be in contention for a bowl game come year three of the rebuild. I really think that's attainable. Now, if you get to five wins and you fall you know, two close losses short of a bowl, I still think you're on the right path. I do think you know six years, the bare minimum, and I know this sounds like a ton for KU fans and it sounds embarrassingly low for any other Power 5 fan, but I really do think you know, two bowls in six years at the bare minimum, I think is definitely attainable. And I think he might be able to do more than that, honestly, by those last couple of years. If he's got a system in place, good coordinators, has enough good recruiting classes, maybe he do get to a seven or eight win season. I think that's certainly possible. 
Now, I'm going to temper my expectations because Lord knows I've been hurt enough by KU football in my life. But I do think that a couple bowl games are definitely within reach uh, for at least in the next several years for Miles. Yeah, well, that'd be something. I think KU fans would be very pleased if that's the result, uh, ultimately. I mean, you might even get a statue in Lawrence if uh, that's the type of results that uh, Les Miles is able to put together. We'll see. Uh, Brendan, a couple more minutes left with you, so let's uh, talk Chiefs real quick. What a game on Monday night between uh, the Chiefs and the Rams, uh, 54-51. The Rams ultimately win that game. Brendan, uh, how'd you come away feeling about the Chiefs after that one? Uh, a lot of mistakes, but still a chance to win uh, when it ultimately came down to it uh, on that game. I mean, what a, what a performance. I mean, you can't even hate uh, losing when it's a game that good and that close of what these guys were able to to put together. I mean, a uh, heck of an effort. Uh, I mean, no moral victories, obviously, but a heck of an effort by that squad to uh, come so close and playing uh, one of the best NFL games I've ever seen. It's incredible that the Chiefs turned the ball over so many times. Patrick Mahomes alone had five turnovers, threw three interceptions, and fumbled twice. A couple of those were returned for touchdowns. And he still finished with a higher passer rating than Jared Goff. That, that's incredible. That, that is a remarkable stat. Now, it was just a, a trace amount. It was 117.6 to 117.1. But still, and he looked, other than those turnovers, which granted there were five of them, but other than that, he looked sensational. I thought Kareem Hunt didn't touch the ball as much as he has in recent weeks, but he looked good. Terry Hill is becoming one of the best receivers in football. And he is more than just a burner, which I think some people thought he might be when he was drafted, but he is becoming one of the best all-around receivers in the game. And the team looked really good on offense. It wasn't the offense's fault. You put up 51 points, you should win a game in the NFL. But we know the defense isn't great, even though I think they showed some positive, had the fumble return touchdown, had five sacks in the game. So to me, it's disappointing if you're the Chiefs because, man, we had a chance to win this game on the road against a Super Bowl contender. We had the chance. He was right in our hands. We couldn't hold on. But you, you mix that with the fact they lost by a field goal in a game where they turned the ball over five times and gave up multiple defensive touchdowns. I don't think you can be that upset. How could you be? be you know, a little disappointed, sure, but they played a lot of that game like better teams. And you clean up even one of those mistakes, you know, you, you take the ridiculous play by Samson Ebukam where he picked off the tip ball and ran him for a touchdown, you wipe that off the board, Chiefs win. So I think if you're the Chiefs, there's not a whole lot to, to worry about. Honestly, this is going to be a league soon where it's just points on points on points, and, and the Chiefs are ahead of the curve. Them, the Saints, and the Rams. Those are the three teams at the very top right now. And I think if you're the Chiefs, it's a disappointing loss. But there's not a whole lot you need to change because, you know, you just clean up one or two miscues and you win that game. I came away feeling better about the Chiefs after that game and also the New England loss despite, you know, losing both those games. Uh, You know, the Chiefs, uh, a lot of self-inflicted wounds in both those scenarios that – uh, when this team gets you know playing together, when you play more games at Arrowhead in the playoffs compared to these road games here, uh, I think that's fixable. I, I came away feeling better about the Chiefs than either one of those teams in their two losses that they've had, Brendan. No, I think that that's absolutely fair. And the thing about it is you, you look at the quarterback here because obviously most important player on an individual team in sports is the quarterback. And the Chiefs have a, an already elite one. I'm willing to go out on that limb and say, yes, Patrick Mahomes is already in that category. And the thing is, he's still so young. Not even just in terms of playing time, he's just young. 
and every game he is gaining more experience. And something that has impressed me more than anything, because you can look at his physical skills or the way he reads defenses and all of that, he is one of the quickest learners I have ever seen, ever, as a quarterback, really at any position. Because he makes a mistake one week, and he fixes it, if not by later in that game, it's fixed the next week. Like, the way just early in the season, within the first four weeks or so, that he was able to learn how to sense blindside pressure and move away from it, it's unbelievable. I mean, it came out of nowhere almost, and that's what's so impressive. And I don't think he's ever going to have a game like that again, where he turns the ball over so many times. He's going to gain from that quickly, learn from it quickly. And if you're the Chiefs, this should not discourage you from thinking, oh, man, we were a Super Bowl contender and now we're not. No, I think you're still on that exact same plane right now. I really do, because your quarterback is only going to learn from this and is only going to get better, even with the mistakes. And we all knew there were going to be growing pains. He's going to learn from this, and the whole team is going to benefit from it in the long run. Certainly, certainly. Brendan, we're out of time, uh, man. Appreciate you joining us. We'll have to do it again uh, sometime soon. Appreciate the time, man. Where can uh, people uh, connect with you? Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, yes, if you uh, want to listen in, 580 Sports Talk, at 580 Sports Talk on Twitter, uh, at Brendan DSW on Twitter as well. Awesome stuff. Brendan, appreciate the time. Enjoy some uh, Canes this weekend, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Appreciate it, Tyler. Enjoy the holiday. We continue here on the Jones Report. Tyler Jones back here with you now. And uh, we bring in a uh, familiar friend of the show. It's been a while since we last talked to him. It's uh, Steve Braun, who's back with us once again, uh, formerly of the uh, Buzz and uh, Vipe OK. Now uh, is the uh, communications and uh, marketing director out at uh, Muskogee Public Schools down there in the uh, Tulsa area. And he joins us right now. Steve, uh, been a while since we last talked, man. What's uh, What's happening? It's good, and apparently since the last time I talked to you, you lost a doctorate, so that's sad, but uh, <laughs> it's good to be back on, man. Oh, yes, yes, it's been a moment uh, for sure, but I'm uh, glad to have you back, Steve. Uh, we, uh, we we want to bring you on, you know, with, with Thanksgiving here this week, uh, it's only fitting that we talk about the most important thing about Thanksgiving, and that's food, um, and sure. with the food, um, the meal that everybody's going to be eating is what they're going to be deciding on as they go through the, the drive through at Whataburger. <laughs> you know, Tyler, that the, um, I believe this is fact, so I'll, it, it's a podcast. We can just go with it. Yeah. The Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is one of the busiest days or busiest nights for bars. Yes. It's like because when they, everybody comes back. All the old high school friends get together. Yeah. Yep. They all end up in the hometown bar because they're trying to get away from their family for Thanksgiving. That's just, it's a fact. So the place you usually go after a couple beers is, is Whataburger to get that, that nice, juicy hamburger. Yes. And it, it's, it's appropriate for us to, to discuss Whataburger this Thanksgiving. It is, and uh, for for guys like you and I, you know, who went to Broken Arrow, like there's that one just down the street from the high school. So, uh, but the criteria we're looking at today is, with all this in effect, this all makes sense here in just a second. Is we're going to power rank the uh, the water burgers uh, and try to figure out which ones you should and should not go to. But first, Steve has a criteria of what he looks for in a quality Whataburger. And, and not just, you know, the food, obviously, but the service and the whole nine yards. I mean, what what 
What does it take to have a good Whataburger restaurant, Steve? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is food quality. Of course, you don't want to you don't want to get your food and look at it and just go, God, am I really going to put this in my mouth and eat it? So that's that's the big thing. But also the the speed of service. I mean, Whataburgers are historically known. I feel like for being a little slower. They're they're taking their time, making sure your order's right and all that. Understandable, but. If they can kick that speed up, that's big in my eyes. And then just the service in general, general, the friendliness. I mean, if they're if they're teetering on you being confused if you're at a Chick Fil A or not, that's massive. So I think all of that really goes into to one big package of this is what an ideal Whataburger is. If, if you go into Whataburger and they say, my pleasure, like, I'm going to smack the pleasure out of you. You know, I mean, you're at Whataburger. Um, say I something did, different. I did joke with a, with a Chick-fil-A to go off on a tangent here. When, went to Chick-fil-A the other day for lunch, and they, it was like 30 degrees outside. They have people out there taking your order outside. I was like, did you, not, did you forget to say my pleasure? And they sent you out here? I mean, what do you have to do? at Chick-fil-A as an employee to end up outside in the 30-degree weather working the drive-thru. That's like the Domino's guy that has to be the guy to hold the sign and spin it around. Um, yes. Like, who did you piss off to be in that position to have to do that? That's a great question. Uh, I think that pe- the people want to know these uh, these answers. <laughs> the answers I need. Yes. Now, I'll say this before we dive in too much on this. Uh, it, it's worth pointing out just how good Whataburger is. I mean, you're not going to find oh, a yeah. better fast food burger on the planet than Whataburger. Don't give me that In-N-Out garbage or, you know, even Sonic oh. or any of that. I mean, the pure goodness that comes with a Whataburger sandwich is uh, is just to die for. I mean, there is nothing that compares to the delicious flavors of, uh, of Whataburger and that quality meat that they put together every single time. Well, I think people need to know that this all started because uh, – you and I have discussed, I don't know if it was through Snapchat or wherever, text message, but Patrick Mahomes, Mr. Mr. Kermit the Frog Voice himself, mentioned that he enjoys putting ketchup on his steak, and then he was asked what his favorite ketchup is, and he said Whataburger ketchup. And that led us down this tangent, and now here we are, almost a week later, discussing it. Yes, and the spicy ketchup in particular. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. they sell in stores. Even up here, there's no Whataburger, but you can still Good find man. spicy ketchup from Whataburger in the grocery stores. It's that big of a deal that uh, the Whataburger does that? this. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's well, big. Now that Mahomes is on board and has made it public, I mean, there's got to be a franchise opening soon up in Kansas, right? There's got to be the, the Mahomes franchise. It's got to be. Even if I have to drive to like you know Independence, I will do this for Whataburger. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Warrensburg. I don't care. Maybe even Columbia. Uh, I will make the trip to get this Whataburger. If if Mahomes can bring this done, um, then I think not only does he win the MVP this year, he you just name the award the Mahomes valuable player at that point going forward. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it's, it, I agree. It'd be big. It'd be big. Um, I'll also say that, uh, that a quick story on this before we dive into too much. I uh, I had to rush back to uh, Lawrence from uh, from Broken Arrow. I was planning to spend the day in BA after the Les Miles news broke, and then uh, sure enough, they were going to have an introductory press conference later that afternoon. So I had to get back as fast as I could. 
Steve, I got on the road, and but before I got to Lawrence, before I could do anything, get serious about getting on the road, I had to pull over, and I went to the Whataburger in Owasso there. And a couple days ago, before that, I went to the one in Edmonds. So I knocked out two Whataburgers in uh, in three days, Steve. Yes, and those are two that I have visited before. So I, I do know those two. You have strong opinions so on those. Have, I, I do. I do as well. How do you want to do this rankings? Because I've, I've only got eight. I've made sure to list them and put them in order. I've only got eight. So do you want to start at the bottom and work our way up? Or? Let's, let's do that. Let's start at the bottom, work our way up, weed out the bad ones, and get to the good. And then these other ones okay. can figure out what they need to do better, what they need to do as an example, that the bar that's been set by the number one water burger. Okay. So... Number eight on the list is one that is near and dear to our heart. It is the Broken Arrow Whataburger. Ooh. And, you know, actually, I just thought of another one that I visited. So it now it's dropped down to nine. My bad. <laughs> Number nine, Broken Arrow Whataburger. There you go. Okay. And, and we just know the reasons. I mean, and you mentioned it off air. They're very friendly. Don't get me wrong. But they're slow as molasses. Like you're you're truly wondering if they're going over to the Sonic that's right there to go get the hamburger patties and bring them back over. They very that's well might be. I I once waited about twenty or twenty five minutes for a chocolate shake once there. Um, that's the, it. That's a, it. Only took you that long. Only only that long. Yeah. Um, I guess that was a good day. Yes, they they truly put in time and effort on every order. Let's just put it that way. And we'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll, to their credit, even though it, it is very slow and they do get orders wrong a lot, every time that they have messed up my order, they have gone above and beyond to make sure they got it right when they fixed it. And, you know, whether it was like, oh, you know, hey, you know, here's, the, you know, we meant to get you this burger and instead we gave you the wrong one. Instead of a medium fry, we'll give you an extra large fry or we'll give you a you know, an extra large shake instead or something. What else do you need? Like, they, they do, once after they get their screw-ups out of the way, once those are finally done, they do do a good job of, of fixing their mistakes. So I'll give them that. They grease you up, literally, with yes. fries. Yes. All right, who's next? Number eight, this is the one, the late entry, the Bixby Whataburger over on Memorial near the theater. Okay. Uh, what's, what, just, tell us about that one. They're just, uh, I, I haven't been there frequent, but it is one that uh, they just, they screwed up the orders. They forget orders. The one or two times I've been there, you'd like order something, be with friends. You'd sit down, three of the four of you have meals, and then you're just staring at the guy that doesn't. Like, do you want me to start eating or not? I'm really hungry. Sorry, bro, I'm going in. And then later on, He's having to go back up there after you're finished going, hey, you forgot my hamburger. You forgot my meal altogether. So, Bixby Memorial, store number eight. All right. Who's number number, number seven. seven. Number seven is an RIP. That is the I-44 over by Promenade Mall, Whataburger. Didn't have a problem with it, really. But it's not around anymore, so I feel like I couldn't put it too much higher. But it's still ahead of the Bixby and Broken Arrow ones. 
isn't that isn't that saying something when you don't even exist, but you're still better than the ones that do exist? Yes, that's you. You left a lasting memory, and you spread cuffs all over after that tornado hit. Yeah, number six, man, fifteenth and Yale, across from Safari Joe's H two O, aka Big Splash for all of you that have lived in Tulsa more than three years. That's a new one, right? That one's a newer one, yes. It's uh, right in front of that uh, Walmart neighborhood market, I believe. It's one of those, though, that they really utilize that B lane. You know what I'm talking about in the drive-thru lane? Oh, I hate the B lane. They use the B lane a lot. And it's very confusing because their speaker, not very good. So they'll be like, pull up in the B lane if you don't hear it right and you don't end up in the B lane, then they start giving you dirty looks like you're the one that messed up when really the speaker did. So that might actually be a me problem, but it's good. they're going number six on the list. But the, the customer's always right, so it's still their fault. True. Talk to Chick-fil-A on that one, Whataburger. Number five, as we move along, <laughs> Owasso. The Owasso Whataburger. Quality food. Don't get me wrong, service a little slower, still friendly, but the service, is, it's its faster than Broken Arrow, but not as fast as some of the other ones we're going to get to here in a minute. I think the thing that they have going for them, Steve, is that they are the farthest north one and right off the highway. So if you are headed to, you know, let's say, you know, Kansas or Lawrence, whatever, True. that is the one that... Uh, is convenient uh, going that way. Or if you're on the way down. Um, I would say coming in. Coming in, like, okay, I'm going to hit that Whataburger. You're thinking the entire trip, I'm going to the Owasso Whataburger. Do you have the, the Whataburger map, like, memorized? I feel like you probably do. Like, when you start thinking of the states, it's really just, it's the states, but then they're like orange blob. Yes. It kind of just goes across, and you, you really understand where and how how far it takes. I don't have a photographic memory except for that map. For that map, I figured. All right, number four. The, I don't even know really what road it's on, and I can't really explain it any better than this, but I'm going to refer to it as the West Edmond Whataburger. So if you're at UCO in Edmond, you head west, and I've forget what that road is called but it turns into a highway i think it's like 77 or whatever anyways there's a water burger there kind of an older looking one pretty darn good tasty it is yes. very tasty and that that stands out to me the service is all right it's about what you expect out of a water burger but pretty darn good one i've been to that Never. one too and uh i had yeah. a i had a patty melt there last time i was there and it, it's like uh it's like the feeling of uh, going somewhere and, you know, it's like old reliable. You, It's not going to be fancy, yeah. but you know what you're going to get. And it's going to be it's going to be good enough. It's going to be like that team that's going to go to a bowl game every year. Yep, just enough grease on that yellow paper to make you know, hey, you're at home. Yeah, that you still got thing. it. But right. not enough to turn you away. Exactly. We're going to stay in the same town for number three. Just going to go over to the east side over on I-35. You hit this one up recently, the Edmund of I-35 Whataburger, number three on my list, in my opinion. That's Just a... quality service, good speed, and the food is, I mean, the fries are crispy, not soggy, 
just the right amount of salt. It's just a good, another solid water burger, in my opinion. Yes, that's a good one, and it's uh, another one of those that's like right off the highway as you're coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very time convenient uh, to be right there. I did a live shot for TV once there, and I, I let my uh, compadres. Uh, try Whataburger for the first time on the air right there, and their lives were forever changed. So that Whataburger might hold the most special memory to me of any other uh, out there is that specific one. That one will always, uh, my career that day changed uh, from, from that Whataburger, Steve. <laughs> that's always good. That's that's what Whataburger is all about, is changing lives. Yes. yes. Number two on the list. If you've ever made the way back from Dallas, to Tulsa, you've passed through this town, and if you're doing it right, you've passed, you've stopped at this Whataburger. That would be the Durant, Oklahoma Whataburger. And there's a, I feel like every time I'm in there, the same gentleman is working the counter, and he's awesome. Just the friendliest person. I mean, he's so good, he convinces me to get the milkshake. That's how good he is. I'm not one to usually be like, yeah, you talked me into it. This guy, I'm like, man, you are taking care of me. Of course I'll buy that milkshake. Hook me up, brother. So the Durant, Oklahoma one, that is number two on my list. It's just another one of those right off the highway. little older store, but still kept clean. Service is good. Food is tasty. and You can get right back on the highway and keep on your way if you want to, or you can stop and eat inside there and then head off. And but you're always going to lose it, feeling better about yourself. That guy, and, and we'll see based on number one, he might be your favorite employee of all of them. Ooh. Number one, is probably my favorite. And I, I, I'm upset I don't remember his name right now. But the number one Whataburger would be in Claremore, Oklahoma. Ooh. It is a newer one. That probably helps that I've lived in Claremore, worked in Claremore for quite a while. It's one of the only places open past like eleven o'clock in Claremore when it comes to food service places. So or anything might, for that might matter. Play, yeah, might play a role. I'm I'm not saying it doesn't, but it, it may. But the Claremore, Oklahoma one, there's a guy. I think his name's like Tom, and he's amazing. He's like that really cool uncle you have, the like not it, the like down to earth one, but it's very friendly. That one, that's Tom. He's like, hey, can how can I help you? Everything going, like, wants to get to know you a little bit while you're sitting in your car in the drive through lane. If you go in to get food, he's, like, comes over with the, the little tray with the ketchups. You don't have to dig in. He's, like, handing them to you. I mean, that's the service we're looking for when it comes to the number one Whataburger. And Tom and the Whataburger in Claremore delivers on it. What a guy. The food, pretty good as well. Quality that you would expect from a Whataburger. I mean, the franchise... Is is solid in Claremore, Oklahoma, with that Whataburger. What what a power ranking right there! Uh, I I applaud. Well done, Steve. Uh, we thank you for your service for uh, contributing. You know, your listeners were coming to talk about to hear about less miles, and what we brought them was something a little bit better. You know, we may have just convinced <laughs> Les to drive. You know, four four hours at this point, if he's listening. Uh, he's pro- he's probably questioning why he didn't take a job and. Waterburger territory, but I mean, other than that, he did. I know he's a big Raisin Cane's guy, and he did take a job in Raisin Cane's territory. 
That's good, too. Canes we may is, have to break that one down at some time, too. That might be next week, uh, the Canes break. Actually, we could do – We could do. I, I don't know if you heard about this. I mean, we're, we're two broken arrow brethren. You know how there's the, uh, the chicken mile? Yes. The chicken district, as they call it, in Broken Arrow on 71st. Yes. There's a new one coming to town. I don't know if you heard this. We're getting Rex's Chicken and BA. That's going to be a game changer. Yes. It's, I mean, competition's high. You could literally spend weeks eating along the chicken district in Broken Arrow. Man. Isn't that incredible? That's that's awesome. I got one more honorable mention, by the way, on the Whataburgers. One okay, more. Go, go for it. Sorry. Um, the Stillwater Whataburger. That one gets Ooh. a ton of business, college town, um, all yep. the people coming through, and yet it's still relatively fast uh, for Whataburger speed. And they've I've only been there like two or three times, and they've never got my order wrong. So shout out Sorry. to the, the Whataburger there in, a, in Stillwater. Very nice, very nice, very good stuff. I, I, I hope I hope we educated folks today. I think we did. I think we did them a favor and, or two. And if on your when you go back in the met the metrics of this podcast and things drop off here, I, I'll know why I don't get the phone call for another six months. You know, uh, it it it's been a while <laughs> since we talked, but this wasn't wasn't why. Um, but now we will do this again. Now this might be a, a new trend, Steve. Steve, appreciate the time, uh, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Follow this guy. Check him out. He's uh, doing still uh, some great stuff down in Muskogee, and uh, we appreciate the time. Steve, thanks for joining us, man. Have a good Thanksgiving, man. You too, Tyler. See you, man. Big thanks to Brendan and Steve for joining us here on the Jones Report today. Tyler Jones back here with you now. A couple more things before we get out of here today. Even though Thomas isn't here, we'll get to our uh, Tom Fullery story of the week coming up at the end of the show. Also got picks for you. But before we do any of that, we got to talk about this Chiefs and Rams game. And we talked about it with Brendan some uh, just a, a few minutes ago. But looking back at this game on Monday Night Football, this matchup, uh, it had hype that seemed like it was uh, going to be impossible to reach uh, as much as this game was built up to be. But... It even exceeded that hype, which is rare. And I can't think of many times that a game of such high magnitude actually exceeded the hype. Uh, I look back at that OU-Kansas basketball game in uh, 2015, when uh, or it was 2016, yeah, when uh, KU was uh, number one, OU was number two. And, uh, I mean, everybody was, you know, hyping up that game, and then it went up, ended up going to triple overtime, and it was even better than advertised, which is just crazy. This game was even better than what was anticipated. The over-under was the highest over-under in NFL history, uh, like 65, 66 points, something like that, and both teams combined for over 100. First time in NFL history that – both teams scored over 50 points in a game and the most points scored ever in Monday Night Football, third most points scored in NFL history. Incredible night. And I'll say this, this much. Um, a lot of people are criticizing the defense, and you can understandably say say why, uh, you know, with the points that were put up there. But I'll say this much, that you look at today's NFL, 
with as much as you cannot touch somebody that plays offense in this day and age. Uh, you can't even sack a guy anymore, basically. You know what I mean? The way that things are written now in days, um, the rules are eventually it was going to catch up where it was going to hurt the defenses, and I think we're seeing that. But I also think that defenses around the league are worse than they ever been. Um, so those things I'll say first off, um, while you may criticize those, um, that was the circumstance we knew about those things before even playing this game uh, come Monday night. But the other element in all this, in regards to that defense, defensive element is, remember, the Rams scored 21 points off turnovers. Both teams had defensive touchdowns in this game. The defenses still made plays and still had an impact on this game. So although the points jump out at you, the defenses were still involved and made a huge impact in this game and ultimately decided this game with the five turnovers that Patrick Mahomes uh, had, and uh, including the two interceptions, the one that Marcus Peters picked off, those two that were on the final two possessions of the game and the 21 points. Defense still had an impact on this game. So don't sit here and tell me uh, about that this game was not good because of the defenses. Uh, it's just simply not true. It was one of the best football games I've ever seen, period. And the defenses still played a part, still played a huge impact in this football game. But as I mentioned with Brendan, I left this game thinking that f- feeling better about the Chiefs than I did the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams were at home. The Rams had a lot of penalties and a lot of stuff go their way. The Chiefs had a lot of self-inflicted wounds, a lot of mistakes that were caused on their own as opposed to uh, you know, things that were just good plays by the Rams. The Rams did make some good plays, but a lot of the Chiefs' problems were problems they caused on their own, stuff that won't happen anywhere other than the road. The Chiefs are setting up them for home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs right now. You know, obviously they want to face the Rams because they're in the NFC, but New England, some of these other teams, you know, you bring them into Arrowhead, the Chiefs aren't going to let that happen again. The Chiefs aren't going to make the mistakes that you would make in a hostile road atmosphere at home like they would. I came away more impressed with the Chiefs um, because the Chiefs still, think about this, they were down double digits twice and came back to take the lead both times. They never went away in this game. They never gave up. As much as the Rams tried to put the Chiefs away over and over again, they still found ways to compete, still found ways to fight to the very end, had a chance to win. So even with all that being said, with all the mistakes the Chiefs made and some of the self-inflicted stuff, they really should have won this football game. So I, I feel fine about the Chiefs. Yes, you hate to lose a big game. Like that, it's, you know, it hurts you morale-wise. Of course it does. But you move on and and go from there. You can't feel too bad about the Chiefs because this team's going to be just fine. And Patrick Mahomes, listen, here's the other thing. I know people are loving to give Mahomes crap about these five turnovers. And I've already heard about it on Twitter from folks trying to tell me he's not the MVP when he is. But listen, second-year quarterback. First-year starter, five turnovers in a big game, still threw for six touchdowns, still threw for a career high in 400-plus yards in his performance. The Chiefs would have not 
have been in this game without Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, yes, he did make some mistakes. But those mistakes, as he continues to improve and have these big experiences, those things won't happen. This was the biggest stage Patrick Mahomes had been on for his entire career. And if anything, it prepared him for more of those situations that those things can be cleaned up. Those things can be worked on. And it's not going to happen again. He's still the MVP of the National Football League. He is still having a heck of a career, a heck of a season. And don't let that those mistakes get in the way of realizing how special this guy played on Monday nights, giving the Chiefs a position to win. Listen, you guys know me. I love Alex Smith. And I hate that he suffered that injury this weekend. But if Alex Smith is quarterbacking that game for the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to lose that game probably by at least 14 points, maybe even more. Patrick Mahomes found Tyreek Hill, found Travis Kelsey, you know, got Kareem Hunt, all those guys involved. This was Patrick Mahomes who gave the Chiefs a chance to win. So don't give me that BS that Patrick Mahomes cost his team because they would not even had a chance if Patrick Mahomes would not have performed the way he did and given this team a, a, a you know chance to win. Um, he's going to be fine. This Chiefs team is going to be fine. And uh, now Eric Berry appears to be getting better. He's closer and closer. We keep hearing that now, no longer the day-to-day thing. Um, I think that the best football for the Chiefs is still yet to come, which sounds crazy to say because they've played so well. They had the game against Cincinnati where they blew them out. They've had some really good performances this year. But the defense has continued to improve, believe it or not. Justin Houston being back there has already been a huge impact. You get Eric Berry back there, and this offense continues to develop and you know, get a step closer, and Patrick Mahomes continues to get more reps. Chiefs are going to be just fine. Chiefs are going to have a good year. They're going to put themselves in good position. Five games left to go. I mean, you play teams like, you know, the Raiders twice. That's two wins there. That puts you at 11. Uh, you get a win against the Ravens, you know, and the Chargers, Seahawks. Um, there's a very good chance the Chiefs could win out the rest of the way and finish 14-2. and two. And that's not a stretch. Not by any means. They're going to be just fine, folks. Don't worry. No need to fret. Um, if I'm looking at the best teams in the National Football League right now, teams that can win the Super Bowl, and maybe I'm actually being kind when I say this, but there's only five teams that can win the Super Bowl right now, and those five being the New Orleans Saints, the Los Angeles Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the New England Patriots, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it may really even be less than that. But right now, um, I would say those five can win the Super Bowl and the Chiefs are as good as any of them, and which is amazing to say after a loss. I know some of you will say, oh, he's being a homer and all this. No, I, I have no dog in this fight. Um, it does me no good. There does me no benefit to say that the Chiefs are one of the five best teams in the NFL. That doesn't mean no benefit whatsoever. Um, it's just facts. It's just truth. It's just me being honest with you, and that's what this Chiefs team is right now. It's a very good reason to be excited and be optimistic for the Kansas City Chiefs at this point in time, despite the loss to the Los Angeles Rams for sure. Let's go ahead and get to uh, picks this week. 
Uh, let's start out with the uh, college football games, the college football slate. Uh, really good games, uh, both in the NFL and college football. Uh, last week of the regular season, college football-wise, and then uh, championship week next week. And, of course, we get some games early on with, uh, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday and, you know, Black Friday and all that. So let's go ahead and run through the picks real quickly here. Oklahoma and uh, West Virginia. OU, uh, I mean, they did not have a good defensive showing against Kansas. No one's arguing that by any means. But that offense continues to be, uh, you know, just incredible every single week. And I think that this, this game has nothing to do with defense. It really doesn't comes down to who can put up the most points. And I am not betting against that OU defense, that OU team, against anybody in the Big 12 right now. Give me the Sooners to cover on the road at minus three. Michigan and Ohio State. Um, Michigan has had their struggles against the Buckeyes this year, uh, over the years. And uh, Ohio State, uh, this is not a very good Ohio State team compared to what we're accustomed to. Should have lost to Maryland over the weekend. They've been a mess with this Urban Meyer situation all season long. I think this is the year that Harbaugh finally breaks through and gets that much-coveted, much-needed win over Ohio State. Uh, They're trying to battle for a playoff spot. This is the year finally Michigan breaks through. Give me a Michigan at minus 3.5 to cover, uh, going with the uh, favorite there. Washington and Washington State, the Apple Cup. Maybe the most underrated rivalry in all of college football. This is a fun matchup every single year between these two squads. And uh, Washington, uh, this year has been disappointing for them. Uh, Meanwhile, Washington State has certainly overachieved. Uh, Mike Leach and company have a realistic shot to go to the college football playoff, which I don't think anyone saw coming going into 2018. Um, Washington State's at home. They're trying to reverse the trend of the Apple Cup, which is – Definitely been in favor of the Huskies over the years. Uh, this game's too big for Washington State to let this one slip away. I'll go with uh, Washington State at minus three and a half to win and cover. Um, this is the only underdog in the college football picks. Actually, all my picks that I'm picking this week. I'm going with uh, LSU as a two-point underdog on the road at AM. And I know I'm not high on, on uh, Ed Orgeron, but you can't help but like what the Tigers have been doing this year. Uh, give me LSU at a plus two. Utah and Boise State, definitely not picking against the uh, Broncos on the Smurf turf. Top 25 game, huge game in the Mountain West. Um, give me a Boise State to win at a minus three. All right, time for NFL picks. Now, I told you I was going with all favorites when it came to the NFL, and let's go ahead and run through those. Minnesota's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Packers. Go ahead and give me the uh, Vikings to win and the cover. They need a bounce-back game from that Chicago matchup. I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. No one is there to help out Rodgers there uh, with that squad right now. Washington and Dallas. Dallas is 7.5-point uh, favorite against Washington. If Alex Smith is playing this game, I'm taking Washington. Uh, but I can't do that. Um, tough to pick against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, too. Uh, give me the uh, give me the boys to uh, cover at seven and a half against Washington in that game. I like Colt McCoy, but uh, I know he's beaten the Cowboys in Dallas before, but I'm not going to do that again. Dallas is playing some decent football right now. Uh, shot to win the division as well. Bears and Lions, the uh, tradition unlike any other, the Lions losing on Thanksgiving is going to continue. Uh, give me the Bears, who are shockingly seven and two. 
Who saw that coming? Uh, I thought the Bears could be a borderline playoff team. Didn't think they'd be this good. So far, they played like it. Four-point favorite. Give me the Bears. Uh, Houston taking on Tennessee. Houston, a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Marcus Mariota and company. The uh, Titans have been so up and down. Texans have had a good second half of the year. Must-win game for both teams. Uh, Give me the home team. I got Houston at four-and-a-half. Carolina hosting Seattle. Seattle uh, has certainly surpassed expectations. Some people thought they were going to be the worst team in the league this year. Certainly not the case. Russell Wilson has not let that happen. But uh, Carolina and Cam Newton and company are going to be too much. Carolina, uh, Cam Newton's had a good bounce back year this year. Give me Carolina at three and a half. So those are my picks for this week. Hopefully I can make you a little bit of money so you can uh, have some money to spend come Christmas time here in uh, just a couple of weeks uh, so you can take care of yourself. So those are our picks this week. Uh, running through those one more time, going with the Sooners at three, Michigan at three and a half, Washington State at three and a half. Give me LSU as a two-point underdog, and then give me Boise State to cover at three, Minnesota to cover at three and a half, the Cowboys at seven and a half, Chicago at four, Houston at four and a half, and Carolina at three and a half to cover in uh, this week's picks against the spread. Standings-wise, uh, Billy's leading at 79 and 41, Thomas behind him at 77 and 43, Darren in uh, third at uh, 67 and uh, 52. Um, and then uh, Nolan is 62 and 58, and I'm 50, 61 and uh, 59. So I got my, some work to do uh, over the uh, next uh, couple of weeks to uh, try to catch up, but long season to go for sure to uh, try to make up uh, some ground there. All right, before we get out of here today, time for our Tom Fulgery story of the week this week. I know Thomas is not here, but still got a good story for you. Uh, Laura Rutledge, friend of the show. Uh, I love Laura. She uh, is one of my favorites uh, in the biz. Uh, A very attractive female, very smart, uh, more than just a sideline reporter. She's got some strong opinions, and she knows her stuff, everything from college football to the NFL, the NBA, baseball, whatever you want to talk to her. Laura, she knows her stuff. Um, she had a rough weekend out in uh, in Georgia, and she's a Gator, so uh, it didn't go too well for her as uh, she was on the sidelines and ended up getting run into. And then uh, she tried to uh, pet the uh, Georgia dog, Ugga, and uh, he dragged her on national TV and everything. Wasn't, wasn't that good. So tough weekend for Laura, uh, to say the least. Um, Prather Hudson, one of the uh, Georgia players that ran into her, tweeted uh, an apology to Laura for running into her and said, Hey, Laura Rutledge, really sorry I knocked you down, but can I pick you up at 7? Oh, my gosh. This is so smooth. So clever. I mean, shoot or shoot. This is as good as it gets, folks. I applaud this young man. 19 years old. Trying to go for Laura Rutledge. And can you blame him? I mean, just scroll through her Instagram, folks. Um, This guy, uh, this was quite an attempt. Um, But for his luck, she's, you know, married. And uh, I know she's hot, you know, and she just turned 30. She doesn't look a day over 25. Um, You know, shoot or shoot. I applaud the effort. Good attempt, but... She's 19. Uh, she's married and 30. He's 19. Um, you know, she she laughed, thought it was funny, uh, but didn't get much work from there. Uh, I, I've already heard some people in the uh, lame, lamestream media have said, you know, have criticized this 
and, you know, he should apologize to her and all this. Like, you know, he was having fun. It was a good attempt. Uh, Laura's friend, Casey Smith, wrote a whole a fantastic blog about it on Barstool. So I assume Laura's okay with all this if uh, Casey's having a good laugh uh, and making a big deal about this and applauding uh, Prather Hudson for what he said. So, you know, I, I give him credit for trying. Good effort, you know. You got to do what you can do. It was worth a shot, right? I mean, can you blame the guy for what he was able to do? It was, um, and once he, think about this. He knocked her down. You know, he he did over an apology probably, and I don't think he could have said it in a better or smoother way than to do what he did uh, to say to uh, Laura. Great attempt, valiant effort, but ultimately falls short. If things don't work out with her husband, um, you know, certainly sup. And then also I would say that Prather has put himself in good position uh, with uh, this type of response, uh, very smooth. And also here's the other thing with a guy like Prather in this situation is that other females take notice. They recognize this. So although he might not land Laura, if you say something like this, then there's a good chance you got game and there's a good chance you can land somebody else. So uh, maybe just as good, although there aren't very many just as good as the great Laura Rutledge. Uh, but uh, best of luck to a Prather Hudson in his efforts uh, moving forward. Um, that about does it for today's edition of the Jones Report. Big thanks to uh, Brendan Rosinski as well as uh, Steve Braun for joining us and uh, hanging out with us here on uh, this week's show. As always, you get a subscribe to the show, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. You can find us there. Subscribe. Listen to uh, all sorts of episodes dating back uh, with some of our terrific terrific guests. We had Marcus Dupree on a couple weeks ago. Uh, Some of our others, the great Eddie Rodosevich was on last week. So uh, go check those out if you missed any episode or want to hear it again. All those episodes available on demand. um, So subscribe there. Of course, uh, follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at TJ Media Group. Connect with me there. Uh, Follow me. And uh, would love to talk to you guys. And uh, you know, over the weekend on Twitter, I got called a uh, what was it exactly? I got called. Oh, it was a, a jawless fat lesbian. So um, you know, the love or the hate, whatever you want to send my way, I'll respond. You might not like it. Um, you know, as I totally just you know murdered that guy. I KO'd him. Um, you know, I might do that to you. But for the most part, you know, we we like to have fun. So. Uh, you know, just send stuff my way, and I'd be glad to more than likely respond and see what you guys have for us. And uh, we'll see you right back here next week on the Jones Report. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Stuff yourselves and uh, have a great time. You know, for me, it's the stuffing, it's the broccoli rice casserole. Um, those are the go tos. And then you got to have some apple pie as well. Now, maybe some caramel pie too. A lot of different options. Uh, but make sure to take care of yourself. Eat plenty. Uh, there's no such thing as cheat days on uh, on thanksgiving it's just thanksgiving it's the best holiday out there enjoy yourselves uh big thanks to our guests for joining us have a great week everybody we'll see you right back here next week here on the jokes report so long everybody